0: Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. Dear Heavenly Father, as we dive into your word, may your Holy Spirit lead us. Forgive us our sins. Thank you for all that you provide. In your Son's precious name we pray. Amen. Last week we opened up with this phrase, I will not fear. And we looked at several other phrases from the self-help industry that encourage us and that most of them are grounded in biblical principles. And yet we noticed that the differentiating factor is that the self-help industry doesn't take you all the way to the source of all that is helpful. And that source is none other than Jesus Christ. But look at some of the phrases that we saw last week. I will not fear. We're commanded not to fear. Stop wishing and start doing. It's part of the self-help industry, but it's true. Because we can start doing what the Lord has asked us to do. Not because there's power in us, but because when He calls you, He enables you. And so when He enables you, there is nothing you can do in the name of Christ. We saw this one as well. Don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. And we looked at several myths that we are, especially in the health industry, that we can overcome because the reality is that in Christ and put in perspective, there are no limits to what we can do in Jesus Christ. This one, sometimes we live in the past, don't ruin a good today by thinking on a bad yesterday. My wife will tell you something that my father has taught me in light of Father's Day and that I have tried to incorporate. Look, I'm not immune to having a bad day. And sometimes they come too frequently. But my wife will tell you that it usually only lasts one day for me. I'll mope, I'll pout, but then the next day I'm over it. Why? Because I don't want yesterday to ruin today. And in Christ, we know that all things become new every day. And He gives us a new day every day. Then there's one from the spirit of prophecy. And I like this one. Talk, right? Because our thoughts are usually our biggest hindrance. What we th- think, what we can't not do is actually what the limits we self-impose. So she says, talk and act as if your faith is invincible. Like some superhero that you can go into whatever problems you face and go in with the attitude that your faith, not in yourself, but in Christ, is in invincible. Talk and act as if your faith is invincible. And then the motivation or where I got the title, I will not fear, came from this Psalms. Psalms 118.6. It says, the Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And think about it. If man decides to take away your freedom, If man decides to put you in jail. If man decides to deprive you from light, food, and water. If man deprives you from your life, and you die in Christ, he's really not deprived you of anything. Because in Christ, you have eternal life. And that's the beauty. In Christ, nothing can be taken away from us. They can be taken away from us temporarily, but not eternally. Because in Christ, we have nothing to fear. Constantly, though, the Bible is commanding us not to fear. And as I was looking at this and adding this sermon to last week's sermon to wrap it all up. I, it's amazing how many times the Bible says, do not fear. And if the Bible addresses the phrase do not fear often and countless of times, it's because inherently in our hearts is a predisposition to do what? To fear. To fear not only things that may be scary, but to fear a full surrender to Christ because he may take you and put you as a missionary in some far land. Or he may take you to forsake everything that you have built up in this earth, whether it be businesses or whether it be stocks or bonds or houses or riches or whatever it is. Sometimes we fear that if we completely surrender to him, we may end up poor like Nicodemus. Or end up a martyr like the disciples. There's things we fear. Not only in the negative but in the positive. That if we completely surrender to God. We don't know the adventure he's going to take us on. Look at some of these verses. And we'll break some of these that talk about fear. Well before we get there. Remember God's grace has enabled you to do. And so in light of that, listen to this one. It says, fear not. And pay attention to who's talking. This is God talking to us. He's saying, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The emphasis here is on who? It's on God. He has promised How many times? One, I, two, three, four, five times. He uses the I am statement or the I statement promising us that he is going to be with you every step of the way. For I am with you. Amen. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. And we know there are times where we need this 100 percent, where you feel like you can't go on, like you are not going to be able to pass that exam that you need to pass that course. Or you're not going to get that promotion or you don't know how you're going to pay the bills or your health is not going to hold up. And in those moments of doubt, you need him and you need him to take fully charge, to take the wheel, to take you and carry you when you cannot continue to go yourself. When you look at this verse, you realize that God does this himself. But then in light of that, there's also verses like this one where he where grace has enabled you to do. Look at the emphasis in this verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. That's the foundation. That's the motivation. Who shall I fear? Right. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now there's an emphasis where you have to take ownership of it. You know the reality that He is your strength, that He is your salvation. Then why should I be afraid of anything that I face? Why should I fear anything that comes my way? No matter how dark and gloomy it gets, if you really know Him, then you can walk through that valley. Then you can take that exam. Then you can face the doctor you may not get the diagnosis you want you may not get the grade you want but you know that all things work together for good for those who love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that takes a relationship that takes a reality because a little child. Has to be taught not to be afraid of the dark. And I do this with my kids when they want to rush with me to the garage. So I let them open the door, and we go in the garage, and I don't turn on the lights for a few seconds. And especially lately, Leah here, when she holds my hand and and it's dark, she'll mention, Daddy, it's dark. And I said, yes, it is, but you're with Daddy. And she says, I know, I'm okay," And that's the reality. When we're with Daddy, no matter how dark it gets, We're okay that's why in life sketches of the life of Paul one of my favorite books on the life of the Apostle Paul he's being walked to the place of his death now put yourself in his shoes you know you're about to be executed having never faced that I know right now just thinking about it I'd be scared. I wouldn't fight back because there were soldiers there. No use. But Paul walked down that road with a glow on his face, we're told. So much so trust that he had in his heavenly father that the soldiers looking upon him were told some of them were converted to the truth. But daddy didn't leave him uncomforted and alone. As he laid his head, and as that weapon came down to decapitate the Apostle Paul, he was shown a vision of glory, a vision of his future home. And I take this from a different sermon, but I can hear in his mind say, as that sword came down, it's been worth it you'll never go wrong trusting in the Lord. He laid down his life that day but the seed was planted in a few soldiers and they left there with a faith-saving relationship in Jesus Christ. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So the onus is on us. And like I mentioned last week, I can open the ice cream cake, but only my kids can eat it. He has given you grace to do things, but only you can take charge and do them. And now here's a verse. The first verse we read, God took the emphasis. Here the emphasis is on us. And here's a combination of us. Be strong and of good courage. He's talking to us. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one that goes with you. He will not leave you nor what? Forsake you. And if you know, that's my favorite verse. That, That last portion. He will not leave you nor forsake you. But look at the previous. He's telling you. He's telling me. Be strong and courageous. To be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one that goes, what? With you. He's walking with you. You may not sense Him, you may not see Him, but He's with you. And we believe that not by sight, but by faith. We don't have to feel it, but we recognize it. He is the one who goes with you. And, and that last portion is the verse that I cling to the most. He will never leave you nor, what? se. And you don't have to be perfect for that promise to be true. Because many times I fall down. You look at the apostle, I mean, the um, King David. You look at Peter who betrayed him. You look at Paul. You look at all the Bible characters. They weren't perfect. And in no means were they forsaken by God. So much so that Jesus looked at Peter and told him, look, I know you're going to betray me. I know you're going to turn your back on me. And the reality is that some of us may do that, even yet still have temporary moments of weakness where we will turn our back on Jesus Christ, where we will be tempted to leave him for good, but he will not forsake you. He will follow you every step of the way. He will follow you and appeal to you to surrender until you take your last breath and make your last choice. He is with you when it's good. He's with you when it's bad. He's with you when you doubt. And he's with you when you shout. He will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how bad it gets. No matter how dark it gets. No matter how gloomy it gets. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And why is that? Well, the next verse for some of you who like the show Chosen Is a reminder of how intimate our God is with us. But now thus says the Lord. Who created you. And put your name. Forget Jacob. Put your name there. And he who formed you. O Israel. Fear not. For I have what? Redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You're his. In every which way. By creation and by redemption, you are His. And I know when, when you have something that you hold precious, you take care of it and nothing is going to pry it from your hands. You are His. He knows you intimately. He knows you better than you know yourself. For I created you. I have redeemed you. And you are mine. He says. And in light of this commands not to fear. To know that he will always be with you. To know that he has given you the strength to do. To know that he will be by your side. This is why in building upon all of these. The majority Old Testament verses. This is why Paul can say something like this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now look, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I don't know, this was as an an impressionable teenager. I was away from the Lord. And I was watching a heavyweight championship fight. And my favorite fighter at the time, I'm not going to mention his name. Some of you may know the story. And then the number one contender, Now, unfortunately, my favorite boxer at the time wasn't a religious person or wasn't a a person of my religious persuasion that I grew up in. Let's just put it that way. And I didn't like the other boxer. So not only was he fighting my favorite boxer, but I also didn't like the other guy. But I knew my boxer was in trouble. And I don't know why. And look, I'm not saying this is good theology. I'm not saying this is a proper exegesis. But all I'm saying is that this was part of what the Lord used to bring me back to him. Over a period of time, little things that he impressed upon me. Well, the boxer I didn't like came to the ring wearing a robe with this verse on it. And I knew my guy was in trouble. (laughs) I don't know why I felt it and look I don't promote boxing anymore I don't watch boxing no it's a brutal sport I don't think it's good for our long-term well-being to watch that type of brutality but that boxer came in with that verse on his rope not small it was pretty big and I knew my guy was in trouble and lo and behold my guy lost handedly, easily. If you want to know who the boxers were, you can ask me later. (laughs) But I can do all things through Christ and strength. I can face whatever fear is coming my way. And that doesn't mean, mind you, that it's not going to be scary. Doesn't mean that it may not be dangerous. But what it means that if you're doing it for the cross of Christ, I can take that first step and the water will part. But even if I should lose my life, I have a home in glory that all shines a sun. Fear can grip us. Fear can paralyze us. But I can do all things through Christ's strength. Now, that doesn't mean I'll be able to dunk a basketball because I can't jump that high. That doesn't mean I can go to the moon, but what it means is that all circumstances that we face and the context of this is that Paul faced extreme poverty and he was content because his riches are in Christ. He, he experienced times where he did have a lot, but that wasn't his foundation. That wasn't his rock. His rock was Jesus Christ. And this is why in the Proverbs, there's a psalm that says, and I'll read it, it's not on the screen, but in Proverbs it says, Remove falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you, and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. See, either extreme has his temptations. Either extreme can take you off the path. But if I learn to face life. In light of trusting in God. Knowing that I can face. That grace has enabled me to do. To strive. To be strong and courageous. Because he cannot be strong and courageous for you. Even though he will be with you. Because grace has given you the power to do these things. And that's why in light of that. The fact that I can do all things. Christ who strengthens me. Jesus tells us for nothing will be impossible with who? With God. See it's a combination of what I can do through grace. And what God has given. What God will do through grace. When we combine that. We have victory. Look at this though. A blessing. Blessed is the man who remains what? steadfast under trial I can open the ice cream I can't eat it for my daughter if she wants to enjoy it right? God's grace has given us the ability to do so blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial he can't do that for you even though he is your strength You need to keep holding on. You need to keep trusting that he will sustain you. When you're pushing that weight, now that I'm into weightlifting, in that last moment when when you feel like that weight's going to drop on top of you, in a sense, not theologically correct, he's your spotter. He won't let it fall on you. He is your steadfast ability to remain under trial. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. This is emphasis on what you can do. And we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. But grace has enabled you to stand the test. And then you will receive the crown of life. How do I know this is on you? Because Jesus stood the test. For himself. And the power of the cross has given you the power to stand the test. There is no temptation that can overcome you. If we remain grounded in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we look at these trials and think of them as only spiritual trials. But the reality is that parenting can be a trial. If you ever try to do some work at home and you're trying to be patient with your loud kids. It teaches you how to be patient with children. If you've ever been in a marriage, you know it's not easy work but it's godly work. As we learn each other's nuances, as you learn each other's character. You know, the beauty about marriage is that you're not the same people you were when you married. You learn to grow with each other and things change and there might be adjustment periods, but marriage is a sharpening tool to perfect your character for heaven. But sometimes we're under the trial of what we look at for entertainment. Or as somebody mentioned, dealing with annoying people. Or difficult things at work. Or the anxiety of what's happening in the globe around us. Monkeypox, anyone? New pandemics being talked about constantly. Wars and rumors of wars, gun killings, seeming like every other day or week, these things can be trial. And we're told that it's going to get so dark in the last days that Jesus Himself said when the Son of Man comes. Will he find faith in the earth? We're all people of faith here. But he said, will I find faith in the earth when I come? Because iniquity will abound. The love of many will what? Grow cold. Many of us are going to be tempted with this phrase. Is it still worth it to follow Christ in these days? When everything that is contrary to Christ seems to be getting ahead, right? When people are having success with a parent not needing Christ, the temptation is not going to be theological. The temptation is going to be practical. Is it worth it? Is it worth it still following Christ when everything around you is succeeding and you are under the pressures of persecution? But it's not the persecution of the yesteryears where it's threatened with death. It's the persecution, as we mentioned in the great controversy study last week, is ridicule. Do you really believe this? Come on. Are you serious? We've evolved. There are 57 genders now. Get over it. Nobody's going to take religious liberty away here in the United States. That was in the past. This nation was founded on religious liberty. And yet creeping compromise is already happening. And I'm not even going to say in the world because that's a given. It's happening in the church. But will you stay strong? And the only way you could stay strong is if you overcome your fears and the biggest fear we have to overcome is the fear of dying to self or dying to life this verse is not in the bible but turn with me to Galatians chapter 6 Galatians chapter 6 Not on the screen. I mean, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Just not on the screen. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Actually, let's start in verse 6. It says, the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, While we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are the household of faith. And here is this combination of doing good, not for our own sake, like the self-help industry, but doing good for the sake of others of learning of Christ, not to keep it for myself, but of learning of Christ to impart it to others because that which you sow on this earth spiritually is what we're going to reap when the trouble hits. So don't be afraid of what's to come. Don't be afraid of what you're facing. Face it in the name of the Lord and you'll be more than conquerors. And we end with this verse. Verse. A perfect verse that tells us of how this works. I ask this question: How do we both rest in Christ and yet work, seeing that His divine power—whose power? His God's power has granted to us to every has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the through. True knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. His divine power has given you everything to life and godliness. In one sense, he has given you everything, now you have to live it. He's not going to parent your children, that's why he gave them to you. You parent your children. He's not going to manage your finances but he has given you finances for which to manage. He's not going to be your guidance counselor in your marriage, but he has given us guiding principles. He's not going to be the great worker at your work, but he has taught you that everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. This combination of the divine and us is the way to victory because although we're saved by grace, we cannot sit on our couch And not preach the word of God. Although we're saved by grace. We cannot. He's not going to crucify self. You have to. Seeing that his divine power. Has granted to us. How much? Everything. So it's not for me to boast. But I boast in what? In his divine power. You can do this. Whatever is holding you back, work as if it all depends on you. Whether it be your marriage, your finances, your school, your church, your family, whatever it is, work until you are exhausted. Because he will give you the strength to go on. In every movie, in every good story, the hero never has it easy. And in light of our own story, Christianity, our hero, didn't have it easy. They plucked his beard, they slapped him, they insulted him, they whipped him, and finally they crucified him. But he did it all so he can see you on the other side of heaven. Our hero gave it all up. So that you don't have to live in fear. He gave his life. Even with the thought that he will be separated from his father forever. He gave up his dreams, his hopes. He gave it all up. And he was going to save mankind as desire of ages say at any cost to himself. The least we can do is trust him for the sacrifice he made. And even though we're human and frail, and even though we fear things constantly, every day of my life I want to repeat the phrase, I will not live in fear, because I know he will not leave me nor forsake me. You have to personalize it for yourself. You have to make it where it motivates you. But for me, I know that no matter how dark it gets, he's right next to me. I may not sense them. I may not feel them. But when you combine the divine. Grace. With the grace he has put in us. We cannot lose. We cannot be defeated. And in Christ. We're more than conquerors. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you. Father many of us have things we fear. And fear comes in many different ways, Father. It comes in frustration, it comes in anxiety, it comes in impatience, it comes in worry. Father, may we remind ourselves that you gave it all up to give us the victory. So help us to be faithful to you always in your Son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.